Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Give a Damn podcast. I'm your host, Nick LaPara. Thank you so much for being here today. Now, by now, most of you know that our city, Nashville, Tennessee, was hit by an F4 tornado a week ago today. There are parts of our city right now that resemble a war zone. I'm going to share some of those photos in the show notes. Let's give a damn.com, nicklapara.com. Either of those will take you to the show notes. So go there and find them. Anyway, I've spent the last week leading volunteers and teams all over the city as we begin the long road ahead of healing and rebuilding. On Tuesday morning, right after the tornado had ripped through our city in the middle of the night, the first destroyed building that I visited was home to three of Josh Mundy's businesses. Josh is incredible. His wife, Tabitha, is incredible. And I can't wait to introduce y'all to him today. I won't even begin to share with you all the things that he has started. I'll let him do that. But I'm so excited to share some of Josh's story with you and to share how someone just a week out of all of his livelihood and all of his businesses being destroyed, how he's beginning to heal, how he's processing, and how he wants to continue to love and serve this city well. A quick note before we begin, this past Sunday was International Women's Day, and the plan was to dedicate last week's podcast and this week's podcast to amazing women. And, you know, we have a ton of women on, but I wanted to dedicate the weeks, the the couple episodes around that day uh, to amazing women. And we did last week's podcast with my wife. And if you haven't listened, what the hell are you waiting for? It was amazing. She's amazing. But uh, this day last week when the podcast was released was also the day of the tornado. And so I've been working nonstop on tornado relief and felt it appropriate to interview and chat with someone close to the wreckage and rubble and to hear how they're doing and how they're healing and how they're processing and to share with you how we can help. So ladies, I love you so much. Y'all are amazing. We will hear much more from you soon, many more stories. But this week, Josh Mundy is up to bat, and I don't think that you'll be disappointed. So I think we've covered everything we need to before we begin. Let's jump right in, shall we? Here's my conversation with the unofficial mayor of North Nashville and an incredible damn giver, Josh Mundy. Josh Mundy, thanks so much for joining me on the Let's Give a Damn podcast. Man, I'm glad to be here, brother. We have known each other for almost a week. Yes. And we met, I mean, just in a few hours, it'll be one week ago, that a horrendous tornado hit Nashville. It's, it's weird. It it's been like, a week. It's been a week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just in, in the middle of the night on Monday, mor- Monday night into Tuesday morning, a week <laughs> ago, uh, in my neighborhood, in the nations, a at the time it was, I don't even know what it was at that point, but a tornado touched down, destroyed the airport next to my house, and went from my neighborhood here, where we are now in North Nashville. North Nashville. Ravel, ravaged so many different parts of it. And again, I wasn't, you weren't even on my radar, and, and that, that is horrible, because I, I, I like you, and you're doing amazing work, <laughs> right. but I'm glad we're, you know, I'm glad we're connected now. Yes. But our mutual friend, Will Acuff, you know, it had happened and I was ready to go out. I was ready to rally the let's give a damn family and start, you know, collecting monies to distribute to food and drinks and supplies. But I didn't know where to start, right. but I always just go, like I yeah. got to find a place and get involved. And he said, Hey, meet me in Germantown and uh, at Josh Mundy's business. That is the building's no longer. 
Yeah. So I headed down, and uh, man, it was it was fucking crazy what I saw, bro. Like I relived that moment like every day. Yeah. Uh, and really, how we um, got notified, it was like one thirty in the morning. So I I heard the sirens. And generally, we always hear the sirens. We never take them serious because they go off all the time. All the time. At least a couple times a month. At, at least. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm thinking nothing of it. And so I'm asleep, and then my phone starts ringing. Uh, so a couple people called me. Then my dad called me at 1.30. I'm like, what's my dad calling me at 1.30 in the morning? He was like, hey, hey son, I think, I think the building got hit. Got hit by what? <laughs> I what's going on? Said a tornado. Um, has touched down in Nashville. So, you know, we we immediately go turn on the TV. My wife's phone is going crazy as well. Yep. We immediately turn on the TV, and the first image that we see is our building. Your building. It was yes. all over the news. It was all over the news. And, and why was it all over the news? So just give them some context for the actual building itself. We'll talk about the businesses in it, which were yours. Yes. Uh, are yours. They just don't have a place right now. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, the building. Why was it all over the news? Um, so the building is like how it's angled. It's like the entry point into Germantown yep. if you're coming from Jefferson Street. Yep. So you just have this it's iconic. It's iconic. It's this big historic red brick building. It just looks really great right on the corner of 7th and Jefferson. So when you're coming up Jefferson Street, you cannot miss it. It's just a beautiful building. Uh so it's been in the community hundreds of years. Yep. And uh and it's been several different things. Uh but it's just so iconic for that neighborhood. Just to give everyone that's listening context that doesn't live in Middle Ten- Nashville, Middle Tennessee, or Tennessee at all, um, we are looking at uh, two dead in Nashville. Thank God, only two dead. Only two dead. Um, and I think they only died. I think that's. I think they only died because they stepped out of the bar. So I know who I know who they were. Okay. And uh, tragically, I mean, I, I didn't know them personally, but a bunch of my friends knew them. Yeah. Uh, a bartender at a, a amazing cocktail place called Attaboy. Attaboy. Yeah. And yeah, so they didn't feel safe. And I mean, it's a small place, so they didn't Very feel smart. safe. Mm-hmm. And they tried to get to their. I guess he was driving. I think he had a Mini Cooper or something like that. And came out. They ran to the car, got in. Telephone pole came down on top of them. Really? Yeah. So they didn't make it out of the parking lot. So if had they stayed inside, they'd be alive today. Wow. But we don't know. You know, we don't know the. We don't know what's going to happen five seconds from now. They try. They said maybe we cannot run it. And they got in their car. And my buddy who knows them showed me a picture of the telephone pole that fell right on top of the roof. So crushed. I mean, they just they got crushed to death. Wow. So. It, yeah, you know, it's a different story. I heard a different story. Okay. <laughs> what but story did you hear? So I heard that they stepped outside of the... So they left. They stepped outside of Attaboy. And like, I guess some power lines was in some water. I heard they got electrocuted or something. Okay. So I guess it's different. I mean, pole... I also heard, yeah, a wall fell on them. Okay. I feel like... My version is correct only because I saw their vehicle. Okay, gotcha. That had gotten crushed. But you're either way, I mean, I did hear the, the electrocuted one. I heard the okay. wall falling on them. Either way, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, God rest their souls. It's a miracle that only two people died in yes. all the destruction. Because I mean, you and I have been uh, most of this last week in North Nashville. Yes. And I mean, just every other house has four trees on it. 
every and everybody house. was in their homes when it happened. Like yes. you didn't have time to get out because again, they hear the siren, no big deal. We might have some, you know, some some branches down in the morning, whatever. There's a storm coming, but nobody ex- expected a um, an F four tornado. I guess it was technically an F three. It was one mile an hour away from F four. Yeah. So I guess from F three to F four is one sixty five miles per hour. And it was right at 165. So had it been 166 miles per hour, it would have been F4. It was an F4. I mean, it, it was, was crazy F- tragic. It was, crazy. it was it was insane. Um, so let's so the, yeah, the building's iconic. And uh so all so this is how many businesses and or organizations do you oversee? It's a lot. Uh, it's a, a lot. few. Yeah, it's a few. Uh so let's just go over what's in yes. the building. Yes, so, yes. so let's building, start with the three let's, in the building. Let's let's just craft the story. So in 2008. Uh, in the middle of writing the Mac, smack dab in the middle of a recession, I decided to open up a dry cleaners in this building. Now, before me, it was a it was a tailor shop. The 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 tailor passed away. I saw for lease sign, and I was like, "Yo, I need to get in this building." Like, yeah. I don't know what I want to do with it. Yeah, but it's it's is crazy. I love this building. So signed a lease in 2008 and was there from 2008 until now dry cleaners dry cleaners yep. uh until march what's, what's the date on that march 3rd you're sure uh, so yep. so we had the dry cleaners in the b side 2017 uh because i'm very very integrated into the entrepreneurial community and always wanted to open up a space for entrepreneurs uh so next door i opened up a place called the lab which is a creative co-working space. And we also had like different workshops and helping people incubate their businesses and people have started uh, major companies out of the lab. So we wanted to have a more affordable approach to co-working than the existing model where everything is $600 for a little desk. So we gave people free coffee, Wi-Fi, water. They paid a membership and, you know, we, we was there for two years. Uh, and then upstairs was just our event center. So we will host events, different socials, different cocktail uh, gatherings. We would do all that. So I pretty much occupied all three businesses. In that building. In that building. When I walked up a week ago and saw your building, among other things that I noticed, I noticed that the bar upstairs. Yes. Was left intact. Yes. Well, at least the, the 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 liquor on the shelves behind. So, guys, I'll, I'll take pictures and share them in the show notes. There's no roof on this fucking thing anymore. Like it's gone. Okay. Yes. You can see everything. Everything. And there are liquor bottles still on the wall, like un just untouched, sitting there. Everything is destroyed. 180 year old bricks are on the ground. On the ground. And bottles of tequila are just sitting there. I thought it was just so wild. I was like, how are they still standing? What's going on? But champagne. So you know how light champagne glasses are? Yeah. Oh, there's some champagne glasses up there? There are 30 champagne glasses. Untouched. On the shelves, untouched. So you just think about that. Like, for that that tornado was gracious. And then... Two, it just really signifies, and my, a buddy of mine was like, Yo, you know what that signifies is there's going to be a celebration. There's going to be a celebration, man. Please believe this. that. Believe that. Like, it's going to be a celebration. Like, this is not the end of your story. That's wild. So, it's going to be a celebration. We're going to have major toast because none of the alcohol, none of the champagne glasses, 
I'm talking about we have bar books that's like with recipes and all this stuff. Untouched. Untouched. Everything else was completely. When he shows you all this, these photos yeah, yeah. and pictures is going to blow your mind. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. And and that's the thing about tornadoes. For those that haven't been through a tornado, and this is my first one, the 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 destruction is so massive. If you're in the vortex, if you're in the path of the tornado, but if you're a few feet outside of it, yeah. Like like I said earlier, it originated in my neighborhood. Yeah. The airport right around the corner that I pass all the time, the John C. Toon Airport, gone, $90 million, $90 million of damage, and that's outside of the aircraft. That's just the facility, just a place. That is right around the corner from my house, and there was not a twig unturned in my yard. Not a thing. Nothing. Wow. Every, I mean, I literally looked out in the yard because I heard there was a tornado. You know, we, uh, my phone was equally blown up in the morning. Yeah. You know, my family, friends saying, are you guys okay? We saw the news, and I'm like, I don't... I don't know what you're talking about. Looked outside, nothing, not a not a branch out of a tree. So that is wild about tornadoes that yeah. you can be, I mean, there's no roof on your building anymore. Yeah. And yet all the champagne bottles are there, the champagne <laughs> right. flutes that, that weigh a couple ounces. They weigh a couple you know? of ounces. And and the thing is, is how it how it collapsed was that everything fell in on the cleaner side. The lab. It's untouched. It's just dust on the on the ground, but the furniture, the TVs on the wall, like all of that is untouched. So it's like how it all happened. It's just so weird to me, man. It's just, it's just weird. It's just the act of God. It was just weird, super weird. So you are a. We're going to talk about Fortitude Homes in a minute because yes. I saw you later that day. Yeah. So I saw you in Germantown. Then later that day we ran into each other in. Or, or, no, sorry, the next day we saw each other in North Nashville at yes. one of the homes. So we'll get there in a second. Uh, you're a black man. Yeah. And you. So so these are black owned businesses. Yes. And the the numbers don't lie. Black owned businesses and black business uh, yeah, owners don't get as much access to capital exactly. um, as as white business owners. That's just, again, that's not, that's not even a... That's not a race thing, it's just no, facts. it's just facts. Yeah. So how, how are you thinking about the next steps, right? Because you have businesses to rebuild. Um, May, do you feel encouraged, equipped, backed, or do you see any struggles ahead? Or yeah, kind of, how are you processing right now? Because you just fucking lost everything a week ago. Everything. And you and your wife, Tabitha, she was here, Tabitha, right? She yes. was here just a few minutes ago. Like, there's obviously, like you just said a few minutes ago, you're reliving everything each and every day, but there's a joy, yeah. there's a peace yeah. that I see. And just a knowing, you know, through signs and wonders of, you know, people sending money and champagne flutes sitting on the wall, yes. everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So how are you feeling right now as a as a black business owner in Nashville? Man, you know what, man, it's... It's really, to be totally honest, it's really blown my mind in regards to how the community has wrapped their arms around my family. Um, and I think it's because that, like, all of the years of sowing seeds and, so, and, and, yep. and doing stuff in the community and giving back to the community and just being a place for people to come and gather and build relationships, I think it's all coming to fruition of like people really like showing us really mad love and it really it really just it makes us feel good you know it's like we're not in this fight alone and yep. people continue to tell us man look we got your back 
Whatever it is, we got your back. Don't worry about it. We're not going to let you drown. We know you just lost it all. We know you just lost three businesses. That's three streams of income. And I preach that. You know, when I talk about entrepreneurship and talk to people, I tell them, I said, man, you need multiple streams of income, you know, because anything can happen. But I wasn't expecting to lose three. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and see, the thing is, is like I always teach about foundational. So like you have to have one thing, your one thing to kind of like pay your bills. And then anything else outside of that one foundational piece is gravy, you know? So it's like all your, it's like the mashed potato effect. That's what I call it. So it's like, you know, the mashed potatoes is your foundation. That's your one thing that helps you, you know, pay your bills, you know, take care of your responsibilities and everything else is gravy, you know? I like so, that effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it makes it where like, oh man, you lose your whole foundation. You know, I have a couple other things going on, but they're in the startup phases. Yep. They're not foundational, you know, not just yet. So, you know, it's just really about, I'm really like processing everything now. It's like making me go back to square one, go back to the foundational piece of it and say, okay, was it working? Was it not working? Is it worth me opening it up again? Do I need to find another location? Do I need to be more lean? So it's just making me like really evaluate all my businesses that were in the building. Is it worth me opening up another location or is it, hey, I'm going to start the next 10 years because we're in a new decade right now. It's like, okay, now do I start the next 10 years of doing something different? You know, So I'm really just taking my time. I'm not rushing into anything right now. It's just really just processing it all and just making sure that I make the, the, the best and right decision uh, for the next 10 years of my life. How did you, when did you become an entrepreneur? How did that happen? Man, would you so, always feel like one or is that kind of a no, recent thing? So it's, it's, I've been pretty much an entrepreneur all my life. Okay. I always say that uh, because I always knew I wanted to work for myself. Like always. All right. So, you know, origin story, I mean, from when I was in the fifth grade, like my mother, single family home. Uh, but my dad was around, you know, it wasn't like that. But I saw my mom struggle. So it was like. All right, I'm not gonna ask my I'm not gonna keep asking my mother to go buy me the Jordans or go buy sure. me the Nintendo or all those. I say I'm gonna go and figure out how to get it for myself. So I would have my mom go to Sam's, I would go buy candy from Sam's, I would break it down and sell them individually to kids at, at school. Uh you know, and that was I was doing that in the fifth grade. Then we I upgraded from candy, then we would sell sugar. Now, you don't know anything about this. I, Your I, listeners I, don't know anything about this. Okay. So, what this is, is cool. So, you know, the pre made Kool Aid. Yep. So, the pre made Kool Aid already has the sugar in the Kool Aid. Yep. We would put those in individual bags and the kids would eat the Kool Aid. The sugar. Yeah, yeah, eat the Kool Aid. Like without water, just the, yeah, the, like, the, yeah. the, 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 the particles. Yeah, the, the dust. particles. Like stick That's your finger amazing. in there and eat it, you know? And you were selling that to them. We were selling like bags of like a dollar. So like I'm in the fifth and sixth grade. I have $56, 50 or $60 in my pocket. Like I, And then we upgraded. Well, from there, and then we would be selling like clothes. And like uh, we would had access to like polos and things of that nature. And I would go out and sell them, you know, in the neighborhood selling things. Uh, it went from there and then... I, we weren't doing that anymore. So at 13, I lied on my job application to get a job at Arby's. <laughs> so Arby's was like my first legit job. Uh, went from there, was working at a little call center place. and But I haven't had a W-2 from anybody 
since I've been 22 years old. Yeah. I've, so I've been a full-time entrepreneur from 22. I'm currently 38 years old right now. Yeah, so 16 years. So 16 years, full-time entrepreneurship, a whole host of different type of businesses, opening, closing, failure, losing a lot of money. Sure. But it was just at the at 2002, I told God, I was like, it doesn't matter how hard it gets for me, I'm never going to go work back for anybody. You know, I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, by the grace of God, I've been doing this thing for a while. It's amazing. Was that, so are you from Tennessee? I'm, I'm from, from Nashville. Nashville. Okay, yeah, so this Nashville. is born and bred. You've been here the whole time. I've been here the whole time. I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana, but raised in Nashville, sure. Tennessee. I've been here since I was six years old. So Nashville's home. So things have changed a lot since you've been here. Man, it's insane, It's a crazy man. city now. It's a crazy city. Yeah. And I mean, it's a new city to me. I mean, everywhere sure. I go, you have more cranes in the sky. Every time they announce that a uh, hundred people are moving here. The prices go up, <laughs> you know. So, like, and this is what this is what makes this storm so so like different because of where it happened. Yeah. Uh, so, just to give your listeners some context, Nashville is going through a major major gentrification is taking place in Nashville mm-hmm. right now. Uh, especially in African-American communities. Now, all communities have been transformed except North Nashville. North Nashville being the middle of North Nashville. Now, we're not speaking of Germantown because Germantown is still considered North Nashville, but that was gentrified a long time ago. It's very gentrified. All right, very gentrified. Then you have Salem Town, which is connected to Germantown in the same area, but, you know, these are... they in, in Nashville, they have these little districts and pockets and they name neighborhoods. But uh, so Salem Town was already kind of gentrified. Hope Gardens was kind of gentrified. But in the middle of North Nashville has always still been a neighborhood. OK. But now the storm has completely accelerated what yep. everyone was scared of. Yep. Because it was been talks, it's been rumblings, and it's all, all the gentrification has taken place around like the outer edges of North Nashville, but the middle of North Nashville is what's been hit the hardest. So, well, how's this going to play out? So, you know, uh, a black owned business, corner store, restaurant, whatever in North Nashville, Elizabeth Park, you mentioned Hope Gardens, we're in Buchanan District right now, wherever. Mm-hmm. Like, their business has been destroyed or damaged. Is, is, is it going to happen that they're going to get approached by investors, by somebody, and it's going to buy them out? Let's say, don't don't rebuild here. We'll pay you X amount of money. We'll buy you out. And then all of a sudden, it's some, like, you know, whatever, boutique, you know, <laughs> shop, whatever. Like, is that yeah. how it's kind of going to well, happen? Or how, how are you foreseeing the acceleration happening? Okay, so from a business aspect, I think I was the only black business that was truly affected, really. Now, it was some that was hit on Jefferson Street, but not in the manner in which our businesses were hit. Right. So from a black business perspective, black businesses are not going to be, it's, okay. not, it's not, a, it's not going to be a change. It's more it's, homes. It's more homes. Yep. Um, from, from where we are, you know, they were trying to sell the place anyway yep. for like $4.5 million. Yep. yep. Now, yep. That, now, what we're looking to do which your listeners could help us. But what we're looking to do is create a fund. 
it's called a pres it's called the preservation fund to really help preserve the area. So we're looking to to do that. But from a residential standpoint, probably 70% of the people that the tornadoes hit, they were renters. Okay? Yeah. So now you have renters being displaced. Yep. But you have owners that can choose to do whatever they want to do. Yep. So it's really not a because we have to we have to really be careful about certain things when it comes to gentrification. Because if I am an owner, I have a choice to do what I want to do. So that's what's happening. So the 30%, we have to make sure that the 30% are able to make sound decisions in regards to their properties. The other, the 70%. They're, they're owners, so either they can build or they can uh, build and, and rent it back to the people or they're just going to probably just say, hey, I'm going to take this insurance money or, or I'm going to build this and sell it. So, And what's happening, um, what's happening in our neighborhood, which is happening all over, so we're in the nations, it's, I mean, it's already happened, but on our street in particular, you know, you've got a piece of property yeah. with a thousand square foot ranch style house on it, tiny, tiny little house. They are buying, I mean, they just, they, my, my, one of my neighbors that just happened to a month or two ago, they finally got an offer big enough. That they were like, we can't really refuse it. And so they are, they're, uh, you know, knocking down a thousand square foot ranch style house. Yes. They're putting down two, they're building up two like shotgun style houses. We call them tall skinnies. They're all over Nashville. If you've been here, you see them all over the place. <laughs> right. So they're putting two of those on one piece of property. And the price tag is anywhere between four and six hundred thousand on it. Yeah. Right? right. And so they're buying a piece of property for you know two fifty, whatever, two hundred or whatever. They're p building these fairly. They're throwing them up so quickly, Josh. Like there's, I, they're they're not that well made. They're not that well made. So, I've, I've been inside of them. They're pretty disappointing. So the tornado, the the tornado has shown us that they're not that well made yeah. because all of the tall and skinnies completely collapsed yeah. Yeah, on I've themselves. Seen it. I've seen it. So it's like, that's what they're doing. So now this could really be an opportunity for owners, if they're owners in the neighborhoods, where they can really build generational wealth. Well, now that the, the lot and the zoning has changed, maybe they can build two pieces of property on, sure. on their land and yep. sell one, and yep. then that pays for their yep. house, and they can live rent-free for the rest of their life. So it's really some opportunities. If educated right, it's some opportunities for the community to win. Yeah. Uh, but that's for the probably the 30% 30 to actually own their properties. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen lots of, I mean, we've all seen tons and tons of volunteer notices, right, on social media and otherwise here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And one of the needs was people to go around and talk to renters and homeowners alike because they're being, you know, there's all these predatory investor types going from home to home yeah uh you know flashing dollars and saying hey this yeah. is a good time to get out yeah. and just trying to inform people educate people as the word you just used to help them make a sound decision maybe yes. they do need to sell or whatever they may but be. they need to know what's at stake yes. what the options are and and not in this time of need and when they're just feeling like like the, the the universe is shit on them yeah. to like take a big payout, right? Because yes. that might feel good in the short term, 
but in the long term, uh, not so good. So then, so yeah, so last Tuesday, I met you here right down the road. We were actually going to do the podcast sitting outside your building. Yes. The one that you'll see pictures of friends on social media kind of promoting this episode and also in the show notes. We're going to do it there. It was too windy. And I wanted to give you guys a, a somewhat great, uh, you know, auditory experience uh, while we're doing it. So we're right down the road, um, sitting inside of a, you know, nice little room doing this. But um, so we met you last Tuesday, and then the next day I saw you in North Nashville. What yes. were you doing there? So that's Fortitude Homes, right? Yes. Yeah, tell, so, tell us about Fortitude Homes. So Fortitude Homes, we have a nonprofit organization called the Fortitude Group. And what we do is we provide housing or uh, housing solutions for guys that have mental illness. So we've been doing that for a lot the last six years. Um, so where the areas that the tornadoes hit the hardest were right in the middle yep. where our group homes were. So we have two group homes on a street called Underwood Street. And it was like God was really looking out for those men mm. because both houses, everything around let me tell you something. Yeah, I was there. Everything around our homes were completely destroyed. Mm. Our homes. Still standing. Still standing. Roof, roof shingles everywhere. Who cares? But who cares? Yeah, you don't have four trees on those roofs. And here's the thing. We had one of the biggest trees in the neighborhood in our backyard. I mean, it left an eight-foot hole. Uh, that tree fell, but it fell the opposite way. It fell on a piece of empty land. So it was like all the fact, and they were sleeping sound. They were sleeping like babies. Didn't hear. Didn't hear it. Didn't know what was going on. No, no keep cover. None of that. Y'all don't even understand. Yes. You're listening. <laughs> you don't understand. This neighborhood, still today, a week later, but I was there on day one. It looks like a war zone. It looks yes. like something out of like Aleppo, Syria kind yes. of stuff that you saw during, you know, the ISIS shit. Like it is it is just total devastation and destruction. Yes. And I'm walking along with my chainsaw. I see Josh standing in front of his stone home, yeah. right? So all the homes around are, you know, wood and drywall, all that stuff. Yeah. And this is a stone home that is still standing. And there are these men, you know, sitting on the porch hanging out in front of their home that is still standing with just total and utter devastation. Yes. It's pretty miraculous, right? I mean, it is the act of God. I thank God every day because it could have been a supreme tragedy. Uh, all of the guys sleep upstairs, every last one of them. If that roof had come off or if, if a tree had gone through? would have come off, a tree would have come through, like it would have been some, it, it would have been, been bad. Uh, so it's just a very miraculous thing, and both homes were not touched. The guys were okay, and it's just like being the center point and the outpouring of love for these guys. It, it's just been unreal, man. I can't even. I just can't even say thank you enough because people have been bringing hot meals. People have been bringing all different type of resources to the home to make sure that those guys are okay. Cause they didn't want to leave. You know, that's where their comfort, they didn't want to go to a shelter. They didn't want to go in and they was like, well, we'll stick it out. And you know, there's just the outpouring has been incredible. Why did you start Fortitude Groups, the, the, the group, the Fortitude Homes? Like why was that on your radar as you evolved as an entrepreneur in six years ago? Uh, so uh, my very last job, the, uh, when I was 20, 20 years old, I used to work at a place called Park Center. 
And uh, what I would, it's in East Nashville on Woodland Street. And still there? Still there. I think I've seen it before. It's right. It's probably Near two doors. park. It's two doors up from Burger Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That right. end. Yep. Right in the middle. Okay. And uh, so I used to work there. And I used to do vocational training uh, with these the same population and to help them get jobs. So I've been familiar with the population, been working with the population for a while, but then left there and then went on my whole entrepreneurial journey. Uh, when I have a house in North Nashville and me and my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, we, uh, we decided to move. And she was like, what were you going to do with the house? I said, I think I'm going to turn it into a group home. Mm. So it was mm. like, it was like one of those things. Like I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna serve that that need or serve that community again. So it took me about a year to get the house ready, and open up the group home, man. Do you want? Is that something that you want to see continue to grow, or are you guys fine with the two homes? Or where where where's your thinking with that? Uh, well, I just think now I'm evaluating everything. Sure. Well, yeah. So totally. it's like almost like like Lord is yeah because that neighborhood where these group homes exist within won't be back to normal. You know, we have months and months and months of cleanup, right? Yeah. But it won't be back to, it'll be years before everything is the way that it was before. And exactly. it'll never be the way, but you know what I'm saying? Like yes. everything's clean and we're back to March 2, 2020. <laughs> right. Like it'll be years it'll before be we years. see that. So yeah, so, yeah. so where, where where are you thinking? Well, we're, we're thinking, I mean, we want to expand our, expand the group home uh, and probably open up more because the need is great. If you think about it, it it's it cost the average cost to live in Nashville right now is like seventy eighty thousand uh, dollars for the average family to survive in Nashville. And I think that's probably going up to probably six figures. Yeah. All right. The average income for one of these guys is seven hundred thirty three dollars a month. It's below the poverty line. It's below the poverty line's like twelve grand, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's below the poverty line, and you have no. All of their resources is in town. So like our services is needed in such a way because their resources are in, in the city. So if you move them to Springfield or Clarksville, they won't have access to resources. So we want to open up more. We need to open up more because to make, the, to make Nashville feel and be the way it should be, it's a community for everybody. It's not just a community for the people that can afford it, right? But that's for the. It's a community for everybody to really be able to survive and thrive and enjoy what Nashville has to offer. Let's keep talking for a minute. Let's keep talking about things that you are uh, have have built, have made, and are making because what we've already talked about isn't enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're also the the is it the co-founder of Pivot? Yeah, Technology Pivot. School. Yes. So let's talk about that. All right. So, Pivot is uh is our newest baby. Okay. Um, so this is one of the things you mentioned that's like still it's you're still developing it's still figuring it's develop it out. it's we've launched launched we are still figuring out but yeah it's not it's not revenue generating it's not a foundation just yet you Hell, know I'm three years into this whole let's give a damn thing I ain't made a dime <laughs> right. any money I have made goes right back into making more of this yes. shit so I get that so what I always wanted to do well. Let's go 2018. So 2018, uh, I was a part of a leadership cohort uh, with the Nashville Chamber of Commerce. 
And we went to a trip to Austin, Texas, uh, to go and study their infrastructure, study what they're doing around technology, study their school system, study all these great things about Austin. In the attempt to bring those some of those ideas back to Nashville. So I'm there. Now the thought of me opening up a tech school, I've had a thought, but it just wasn't really activated. It was like one of those things I'll do on down the line. But I went there and it just blew my mind mm. around the things that they were doing around technology. All the things they were doing around, you know, coding and building apps and all these different spaces that were doing this in co-working environments like the lab. Yep. So I was so inspired, so moved by that. I told one of the guys when I was asking me, you know what, when I get back, I'm opening up a tech school. So I wanted to open up a tech school for a different, different demographic, though. So yeah. the problem is, is that there are no minorities, in particular African-American people, in coding and data analytics at all. Um, so most of the high-paying jobs that's taking, taking place in Nashville is in healthcare, healthcare yep. and is in tech. But African-American people are not in those spaces. So I say, you know what? I'm going to be the catalyst. I'm not going to sit and talk about it. I'm going to be about it. So I'm going to open up a tech school, and I'm going to get more African-American people in this space. And we're going to be hubbed in the lab. All right, so that's going to be the home. That's where the courses are going to be taking place. And we're going to be in the middle. We're in the middle of Jefferson Street teaching coding, teaching data analytics, teaching AI, teaching cybersecurity. And we're going to get, we're going to diversify the space. So we, uh, the idea from August was, hey, have an idea, got this logo, going to build this website out, to now our first day of classes. Let me tell you something, I, man. I heard about this. Yeah, go. Our first day of classes were March the 3rd, 2020. A week ago. Yeah. The day that the storm hit. What is that? Holy shit. Like, what does that make you think? I mean, how, how do you process through that? That, you know, here's another, here's another way that you're giving a damn. You want to diversify... Uh, you know, the, the education learning experience in tech to people of color in Nashville. Yes. And you work and work and work and you get you get the curriculum, you get the website, you get the, everything together. Everything. You plan probably months in ahead that on March 3, 2020, we're going to launch. Yes. And then in the middle of that night, the worst hurt, the worst tornado that's ever hit Nashville hits. Ever. Yeah. How are you? I mean, bro, what's happening right now? Bro, it's just hard to process these things. Now we did pivot. <laughs> we did pivot. Uh, yeah, because I saw that it, 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 it did launch. It did. So the Nashville Technology Council, we have a great relationship with them. It was like, hey, you can utilize uh, you can utilize our space until you all figure out a permanent home, but you all can utilize everything that you need so your classes can go forth. So we didn't have classes on that Tuesday, but on Thursday was the first day of classes. It, it, just, it just showed that we're not going to stop. Dreams don't stop. Things can happen around you, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you have to push forward. Even though it, this one hurt me to the core, yeah. it still hurts me to the core. I still have moments where it's 
unbelievable. I still have moments where I tell people to meet me at, no, you can drop your donations off at the cleaners, not knowing that it's not a cleaners there. But that's what I'm used to saying. I've been saying that for the last 12 years. Mm. Uh, but we birthed so many things out of that space. And Pivot was going to be like the catalyst to change the neighborhood. It was going to be the catalyst to get more people aware to let them know that tech is cool. Uh, so, but we were still able to launch. We're still pushing forward, and we still have that same mission, just not where we intended it to be. But we still move on. Is pivot exclusively for people of color? It's not, or anybody can join. Anybody, can you're join. just focused on diversifying. Yes, what's happening in these spaces? So it's just all about target audience. Yeah, you know. So it's like anybody can anybody can pivot. Anybody can pivot their lives. Anybody can change. Yeah, they can. They can change from what they were doing. Anybody can. But we wanted to uh, just really hone in on diversifying the space. Yeah, so our target audience uh, are more, more minorities and get more African-American people in the tech. But, yes, anybody can, anybody can do it. Yeah. I saw you share something in your uh, Instagram stories today. Oh, I saw it today. I think it was from yesterday. It was from yesterday, where you were Instagramming uh, this woman that was uh, planting a community garden. Yes, in my lot. I, in your lot yes. in North Nashville, yes. right? So again, in this war zone, yes. right? So some people might look at that and say, "Why are you building something new?" Yeah. When or why you know in this case, why are you allowing something new to be built when there's so much like there's so much to to clean up and rebuild before we build something new. And yeah. in, in my mind quickly, I mean, I, I wasn't cynical at all when I saw that. My mind went straight to, this is really beautiful. Yeah. This is really damn beautiful that we are seeing something beautiful being built in the middle of just utter chaos and destruction. Yeah. Not chaos, because it's very organized and lots of amazing things are happening. But in the middle of destruction, new plants are being built. Come new on. new flowers are being planted. Come on. And people are just getting the chance to again cuz that's going to that's I the lot looks really I mean it just looks cool, right? I love community gardens. I love that shit so much and to see that happening right smack dab in the middle of all this destruction. So how it's important I I'm just guess I'm just want to bounce that off of you. That's important, right? That yes. we in the midst of all of this you know, I I thought about I've been so busy. My brother got married this past weekend. I you know, and when I wasn't when I wasn't officiating the wedding or hanging out with my family during this wedding celebrations, I was in North Nashville cleaning up and running a chainsaw and leading, you know, I've got two, 300 volunteers around the city that are collaborating and, and, and working on projects. There was so much for me to do. And I thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to put out a podcast this week. Like yeah. this is just more, more to do. Right. And I think it's so important for us to, in the midst of crazy things, to make beautiful things. You better believe it. So we say this a lot in the African-American community, uh, that we take lemons and make lemonade, mm -hmm. okay? So we take what we have and make the best of it. So it's like why she approached my house manager, she really approached my house manager over at the group home, was like, hey, who, you know who owns this lot? So pretty much I own the, like a mini block where, my, where the group home is. So I own two pieces of land uh, right there. So she asked, and when I pulled up, <laughs> it was happening. So I was like, man, this is amazing that, you know, I don't intend to build on it anytime soon, especially sure. with this just happening. Right. So it's like, 
why not provide a resource where we can get fresh produce? Because actually, North Nashville is a food desert. Food desert, yeah. Yeah, so why not? We've talked about that briefly in other conversations, but explain what that is for people that don't know what it, that have never been around a food desert. Yeah, food desert is just not a lot of places to get fresh produce. It's not a lot of places to get fresh Fruits, food. vegetables, fresh yeah. foods. It's yeah. all, you know packaged processed corner store stuff or yes. whatever yeah so it's not a lot of places There's a lot of whole lot of fried chicken places and things of that nature but not a lot of fresh produce where people can come and get stuff straight from a garden so this will be right smack dab in the middle of, a, of the war zone as you build something beautiful it, it that's what you do because it's it's only so much it's only so long that we can keep looking at the destruction okay what can we build from this what can we turn, how can we turn this into a positive situation? So now that's going to be a positive situation for the community that some of the people that are still there will be able to go and get fresh strawberries uh, or fresh green beans or turnip greens or whatever. Uh, so I, just, I thought it was amazing. I was so inspired uh, by the young lady. Her name is Sarah Green. I was, I was going to ask who she is. Sarah uh, Green. Sarah Green. And who, is I, she living in the neighborhood? I, I'm, you don't I know. don't know. You don't know. I just know that it was a team of people helping her. And she was passionate about making this happen. And I was just like, I support you all the way. And we're going to make this happen. I, you won't have any problems with me. I say, if I will give you ample enough time if, if I decide to say, hey, I want to develop this. But it's just too important, man. It's like the community needs these type of things to build community. And what Nashville has really shown me is that we really do have love for each other. Yeah. I, I, I've, never seen, I've never seen that many white folks up and down. They've never been to these neighborhoods. Nope. So I just really think it exposed them to the gap. They're seeing parts of Nashville. I mean, the, the parts of Nashville that a lot of these people see – is, uh, you know, a lot of these folks are, you know, they live in Brentwood or Sylvan Park yes. or Belmead or yes. wherever, and they have never, ever, ever, they didn't even know this part of Nashville existed. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. They're it. pulling up and they're thinking, oh, we're going to be picking up some shit, you know, off the ground, some whatever, <laughs> some debris. And then they walk around, you know, I, my home, the home base that I've been making for all of my people and the things I've been doing is, you know, Lee Chapel AME right there. Yeah. And, you know, if you're right there on DB Todd and all that, like, you're thinking, oh, I mean, I see some telephone poles down, but then you go back into there, you turn the corner, you go to 14th, right? Yes. 14th and Underwood. Yes. It looks like Aleppo, Syria, like in the yeah. flesh, right? <laughs> in the flesh. And so, so many of them have never seen that before. And yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, I am, I've seen a lot of white savior complex stuff in my life. Yep. I've seen a lot of people come in and say, we can fix this. We'll, we, like, we're going to do it, right? We're going to come in and do this. And, I have been here's what here here's where I'm growing up. I think I've I think last week helped me grow up a little bit uh -huh. in this way. I want to believe that what we're seeing right now with people helping and loving and serving and again, I'm I started a WhatsApp group. There's tons of chatter in there, lots of people, you know, collaborating and and and, and you know, just deploying their neighbors and their friends to action. And here, so here, here's what I believe now. I really think this is true. I hope this is true. I want to hear people either affirm or, you know, say, I don't think that's true because I want to, I want to talk about this, but I believe this is the real people. Yes. This is the real you. Yes. The, the, who you vote for, you know, political figures, 
the places you you know the places you might frequent the the ideas that you might share in society a lot of that is like that's trauma that is uh you know your parents influence on you that is where you went to school that is all extra that's not but the real you comes out when shit hits the fan when it hits the fan I want to believe that because yes. that actually gives me hope that we can that we're getting better as humans. Yes. What, 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 I, what we're seeing right now, the thousands of tens of thousands of of people volunteering and helping and serving and you know giving tons of money and tons of time and tons of supplies and you know at at Lee Chapel AME the line for days did not end. People pulling in to the that roundabout thing, dropping off you know vehicle loads of stuff. And it just never stopped all day long from morning till night, car after car after car. I want to believe that that is the real you. Yes. I want to believe that people are ready to jump into action, and ready to help. And all, again, all the other stuff. You voted for Trump. You didn't vote for Trump. You voted for this person. You didn't vote. That I, I have opinions about that. Yes. I have strong opinions, but I don't want to identify people based on that. Republican, Democrat, no, liberal, no, conservative. No. All that stuff is throwaway when shit hits the fan and a tornado comes through and we've got shit to do for the next few years. Bro, I mean, it. Re I was really inspired, man. I, I, I can't even say... I was really inspired to see how people came together and did what they did in North Nashville. I just never seen anything like it. I think these are people that have never been in the neighborhood like this. I think they saw it. I think it changed their hearts. I think it, it, it did something to their, their hearts where there's like, okay, Black folks just not complaining about stuff, you know. It, yeah. it, it eliminated all preconceived notions of what you thought about African American people. Yeah, and it was like, oh, they're just humans, just like me. Mm -hmm. They bleed just like me, mm -hmm. and they hurt just like they us. hurt just like us because. A tornado is not like, hey, I'm going to go and destroy the black area or destroy the white area no, no, no. or destroy the Muslim area. No, it just comes through. Yeah. And, 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 it, and, it, and it has destruction. And so when you experience that type of destruction and you just see that you just see people that need help, you rally up. And I just think it's going to change a lot of people. I think it's going to change Nashville to the good. And I think sometimes the worst things happen to bring us together in this type of manner. We hate that it was a tornado, but sometimes that tornado can bring change for the next 10 years that whites and blacks, and it almost comes back to, you know, the Martin Luther King speech where our kids are playing together. We're not so caught up on race and so yep. caught up on these social issues that always divide us. What do we have in common that can bring us together? I don't care if you voted for Trump. That's your personal thing. But who are you as a person? Yep. You know, who are you? Your political beliefs or your political beliefs? And they're and mine as well. But let's not create a wedge between us because we have more than we have more in common than we do apart. So I think this tornado has really, it's going to change. I think it's going to change the city for good, for sure. I hope so. Yeah, we're not talking yeah. about living, you know, we're not in progressive, uh, you know, New York City, L.A., Seattle, my, you know, like these other places where 
there's already a lot of these ideas floating around. Yeah. Some of these, some some of the people that are helping out right now have never reached out to, to people that aren't like them, whether we're talking skin color or religious background or or socioeconomic background, right? They have stayed in their own little clan, yes, right? Their yes. own little people, their own little neighborhood. You know, click the button, your your garage door goes up, you drive in, garage door goes down, see on Monday sort of living. And now they're seeing their city like they've never seen them before. So I, I believe that. I, I believe, whether you believe in God or not, friends, like, Something is happening here, yes. and I believe, I really believe, yeah, these situations uh, give people an opportunity to fix some shit in their lives. Yes. I mean, it, it exposes some things. It, even with, really with me, like it changed, my, it changed my whole perspective because generally when stuff like this happens, I'm not the first to go out and try to volunteer and move stuff around you know it's like okay it happened and i've moved on with my whole life yep and it's like no you have to tap in so it just really it just showed me like you know people really need help yeah they don't they don't need oh i'm praying for you no they need financial assistance they need groceries they need whatever you have to tap in you know you have to look outside yourself and and, and figure out ways to 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 you know be impactful in people's lives as we begin to wrap up here um how can people get involved specifically with what you're what what you're doing uh the recovery effort the cleanup effort like if people you know Washington New York wherever they are right now we yes. have we have 30 countries listening in and every state every united state wow so like how can they get involved if they're not here and they want to get involved uh well we have a uh, us personally we have a gofundme uh taking place right now uh we're just trying to raise money just to you know, get on our feet. Yep. Uh, we do have savings, uh, but I don't want to run through that <laughs> that savings while I'm trying to figure things out. Yeah. Uh, so we have a GoFundMe uh, going taking place right now, just to kind of help us figure out our next move. I really don't want my next move to be forced on because I have a financial need. Yep. You know. Yeah. Because you make the you know your decisions are not you make really, less than ideal decisions. I- exactly. Yeah. So I just want to be able to process and take time. So. Uh, it's called uh, Rally Behind the Mondays. Monday spell M-U-N-D-Y. So, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, he'll put the put the link uh, in there. And then uh, in regards, if you want to get involved with our uh, group home, it's called it's the fortitudegroup.org. The fortitudegroup.org. And we generally have information about uh, the the 501c3, have information about how you can get involved and things of that nature. And let's give a damn is in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna do a benefit concert. And all that Josh and his family are involved in will be uh, one of the main recipients of the outcome of that. Because I think it's so important to, like, w- there's a million different ways we could give, right? We could invest in homes being rebuilt. Like, my, my heart is being tugged all over the place. Right. I mean, I'm an empath to the the nth degree, and I want to <laughs> help in all these places. But as we've we've talked in this conversation, I'm realizing the breadth of helping Josh and Tabitha Mundy get back on their feet ultimately helps Nashville in the long term, right? Because you've been in it for the long term. I've been yes. here two years and I already have, you know, a certain amount of love for this city and wanting to get involved. You've been yeah. here all your life and you've been an entrepreneur in this city for, you know, the 16 years yeah. and all the different things you're doing that are both nonprofit and for-profit alike, like getting you all and your community back on your and their feet only benefits Nashville in the long term. So we're still figuring out the details, but friends, if uh, you know, if it's not one of these ways that Josh just mentioned, 
the way that we're going to do the benefit concert, because you'll be able to give from afar if you want, is it's going to be free admission, but there'll be ways to give there. I think we'll be able to raise more money that way yes. by not putting a $50 ticket price, right. but then you know, but then saying like, hey, you can get in, you got to get a ticket, but you can get in, and then we're going to provide multiple different ways in that evening to raise money. I think we can yeah, have more of an impact that way. Um, anything else you want? To, I have one more question for you. Okay. But before I ask that question, anything we didn't talk about that you want to mention? I think we talked about it all, man. I we just, did. I just thank you, man. Thank you for. We'll do it again, and we'll man. do it again in a year once things are, you know, oh, yeah. being rebuilt. Yes, right. Yes. Um, here's my last question. Every every single, with the exception of maybe one or two in the last 130 episodes, every single guest gets asked this question. Okay. The question is this: I'm going to paint a hypothetical scenario. The hypothetical, well, the not hypothetical part is you're going to die someday. Hopefully okay. it's many, many, many years from now. But I think about death every single day. It right. helps me. The more I think about death, the more I realize the brevity of life. Right. And we've saw very real, uh, you know, we're, we're very much thinking about that right now after having a tornado come through. Right. You know, someday you're going to die. Hopefully it's many, many years from now. But the hypothetical part is that I've been asked to give your eulogy. So all of your friends, the Fortitude Homes guys, all the people that have been part of your businesses, your community, your friends, tab to the kids, everybody's there. Yeah. And we are mourning and celebrating your life. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked to eulogize your, your life and legacy. What do you hope that I would say on that day? You would say that, Josh, one, you would say, if you've been around me, you would say, man, Josh was a great time. Mm. You'll say that Josh would give you the shirt off his back. Like he would do anything to help somebody else. Uh, and and you would say that if you ever been to one of Josh's parties, you know, you know, <laughs> they celebrate life mm, to the yeah. fullest. Uh, and that's just, you know, what we've been known for is to give back and to celebrate life, man. It uh so I think that's what you would say. I yeah, mean, you celebrate life. Yeah, you you say they celebrate life and that they that he was a giver, that he gave back uh, to his community. Whether it be for profit or non profit, I've always been a giver. Yeah, uh, even with the lab, like we would just give a, give things away. It's like that's just what it is because that's what he entrusts us to be a blessing to others. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before the mics were on, we were talking about, you know, money and billionaires and capitalism versus socialism. You know, we were just shooting back and forth. And I think that's one of the most, there's a couple things that I think are super important to be known for in life. Yeah. One of them is trustworthy. Yeah. If you, if people can't trust you, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. If you don't have integrity, you have nothing. Yes. I firmly believe that yeah. because if you don't have integrity and you don't have trustworthiness, Nobody's going to want to work with you or yeah. talk with you yeah. or hang with you or do anything with you. Right. Because they don't know if they're getting the real you, right? Right. And then number two is generous. Yeah. Like that is, it is so important to be known as a generous person. Yeah. They're all, all of the data is out there that if the person that makes a, a, a dime over $80,000 a year and 80, anywhere between 80000 and What's the richest man in the world? Jeff Bezos, a hundred and something billion. Right. No difference in happiness. Right. No difference in happiness. 80 grand to 160 billion. Not one iota of difference. Wow. Money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't. It's 
in that 80 grand, we were talking like no margin, no mission. Like if you, that's what my mentor always says, no margin, no mission. Like you got to create margin in your life. Right. And that comes from financial stability. So I'm all about people becoming stable and having enough money to rest and relax and be generous. But but you can only, you only need so much money. Right. And after that, give it away. Give it away. Invest. Yeah. Make sure the people around you are thriving because if they're thriving, you get you're, to thrive. If you're thriving, they get to thrive. It's a communal thing. Yes. Like what, what, how, how much fun is it where you're the only one winning? That's no fun at all. That's a lonely life. Yeah. So you need to make sure that everybody, that we all are coming up at the same time. Yeah. That we're all, and that's, that's always been my philosophy. That's what we, that's, the lab was that place. Yeah. Well, we all came up. Like we all shared resources. We all, if I'm winning, you're gonna win. Yeah. It's no, it's no, I'm winning and hey man, you struggling. I'm not your friend, man. If I'm yeah. letting you struggle and I'm I I'm winning. No. Exactly. It's like we have to build those spaces and places to understand, man, that we are better together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, uh, the Let's Give a Damn family loves you all. Yeah, thank and you. And we're, you know, we our relationship is a, is a week old, but, right. but we're here to help you all rebuild in the long term in any way that we can. And I so appreciate th- it. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Well, there you have it, friends. Hope y'all enjoyed my conversation with Josh Mundy as much as I enjoyed having it. Josh is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm honored to know him. Check out the show notes at nicklapara.com slash episodes slash Josh Mundy for all the links he shared in this episode, or you can go to letsgiveadam.com, nicklapara.com. You'll find it eventually. Follow him at I am Mr. Mundy. I am Mr. Mundy, M-U-N-D-Y on Instagram. And his Instagram uh, bio has links to all the social media accounts for Fortitude Homes, Pivot Tech School, The Lab, and all the things we just talked about, all the things he's involved in. And if you're the praying type friends, please pray for Nashville. We have months and in some ways years of cleanup and rebuilding ahead of us. So if you're away from here, participate in as many ways as you can uh, by sending prayers, love, good vibes, and money to great organizations that are going to put the money to good use. And if you're in Nashville, we are doing so much stuff on the ground as Nashvillean damn givers. So please get involved. Hit me up. We will put you to work. Okay, that's it, folks. I think I covered everything. As always, this show is created by Chad Snavely and me, and the music is by our friend Propaganda. Something new, and I'll share more about this in the future, is that now this show is part of the Matter Media family. Grateful for their partnership. Again, you'll hear much more in the future about that. Please share this episode with people you like and with people you don't like. Just make sure you share it. It takes fewer than 15 seconds to hit that share button in your podcast app, copy the link, send it to a friend or an enemy right now. Friends, I can't wait to spend time with you next week. Sending lots of love and light to each one of you. Keep giving a damn. Peace. Peace.